this week on Tea with Queen and Jay. Why being a POC storyteller isn't enough if you're just going to try and prove how white you are. Then a messy ass diasporatical natural hair drama. And finally, audio from the dopest panel at South by Southwest on Black Sense and Wax Sense. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Queen and Jay. Tea with Queen and Jay. Tea with Queen and Jay. This is a one-time exclusive. Chang Chang getting paid over here. Remember that? Uh, Thursday is, getting paid over here. Is that Missy? Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't sound excited. Um. No, because you came in a higher register than the Chang Chang. It's Chang Chang. It's a lower Chang. I do it in my own voice. Right. No, I get it. I get it. I hear it in a lower voice, so I didn't know my what voice. you meant. That is my voice. I didn't know what you had meant. Whatever. Anyway, welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We We are are two womanist race nerds nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And and this this is Tea with Queen and Jay. Ow. That felt good to do. It was a good ow. Yeah. I like that. I like a good ow. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Okay. How are you doing? Why are you doing just okay? I'll talk about it. Oh, okay. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I have not seen Endgame yet. And so I'm I haven't either. finally going to see it tomorrow so that I've been staying off the internet, um, which has been a challenge, but I've been doing <laughs> it. I've been doing it. So I'm going to see it tomorrow and then I'll be able to really, it's all about, I mean, I do want to see Endgame, but I also would like to be able to use the internet freely <laughs> and not like be running away from strangers on the streets. <laughs> Yo, we were together. We literally were. Yeah. We were together and we were headed to get some food. And there were these three white dudes talking about nerdy shit behind us. And I I knew it was nerdy shit. It was sci-fi. They was talking about time travel and all type of stuff. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know exactly what they're talking about, but I know they better not be spoiling Endgame. (laughs) And I can't tune it out because it was like that distance where you're like too close enough to hear but you're not, you know, we weren't with them. We're not yeah. in their convo, but mm-hmm. they were too close for us not to hear what they were saying. saying and we exactly. weren't loud enough to like, and it was distracting and we couldn't like run away. So I just turned around. I was like, are y'all talking about the movie? And I just said the <laughs> yeah. movie. Like we're all supposed to collectively know, <laughs> know what the what fuck, fuck the you're movie talking is. About. And yeah. they're like, wait, what? what? <laughs> like the movie. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. We're not talking. We're talking about Watchmen. So <laughs> they were talking about Watchmen, guys. All right. So there's time travel and shit in that, apparently. I don't know. But um, Endgame has not yet been spoiled for me. And I look forward to seeing it tomorrow before one of you Negroes ruin it with uh, one of your lukewarm takes on the Internet that nobody asked for that you could easily wait to give or yeah. why don't you put it in the actual article that you wrote about it you know what i'm saying put a spicy title on your hot take article instead of putting all your hot takes on twitter like we all have to hear your fucking end game hot takes yo word i'm gonna see it this week too okay. i'm not as like um one i don't know enough to be spoiled so maybe i have seen things mm. and i'm just like i don't know right. too ignorant to even know what they're Got talking it. about who the fuck is this character mm-hmm. you know whatever so i think my ignorance has saved me from possibly being spoiled because i've been on the internet mm-hmm. and i feel like i have not seen any spoilers or anything okay. um so my ignorance has helped in that yeah well god bless you i don't know everyone keeps saying they're crying and shit 
Mm, well, I expect to cry, but I cry at everything. I cry at movies. Movies and TVs make me cry, but like I don't expect to cry for some comic shit. Mm, okay. But I'll see. I don't know. All right. Yeah. So, if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use that on all the social medias. We will like that shit, retweet that shit. Um, and that's another way for you to meet other T friends, people who listen to T with Queen and J. You also use the hashtag pod and that is a now listening hashtag and people will know that you are listening to tea with queen and jay that's right and as always you can find us on all the social meds we're at tea with qj on twitter and instagram we're at tea with queen and jay on facebook and tumblr you can visit our website tea with queen and jay.com and you can send us your tea mail at tea with queen and jay at gmail.com today's episode is a spot of tea episode it just basically means that we don't have segment this episode. We just kind of just flow. Yep. Flow with it. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah. Queen, can you also tell the people what libations are? Yeah. So libations are when we pour some for the homies, the ancestors, the people, places, and things that give us black ass joy. That is where we pour libations for. That's what we're doing right now. That's right. That's what we're doing. Do you have any libations? Yes, this week? I do actually have two libations. So um top of the show you asked me how i'm how are you doing and i was like eh, i'm okay mm-hmm. i don't know i've just had like a really i think it's more than just pms depression but i'm just like in this really weird awkward withdrawn space yeah um so two things that have helped me with that is like going home from work and feeling like oh this is my apartment even though i've lived mm-hmm. there for a long time but i've like really decorated and made it like my home mm-hmm. now like it's nice and cozy i get home and i'm like ooh you know like it's just like different my bedroom is finally completely done my living room was done for a little while mm-hmm. i think i still want to add an area rug but like you know like for the most part i come in and i love the space that i created for myself mm-hmm. so it's really nice to like I'm feeling these feelings, but come home and feel like, oh, I'm home. So yeah. that's like one thing that's really good for me and that's been helpful for me. So, yes, that. Oh, and my bar cart came. I have a bar cart. Mm. I just have the like, alcohol for it. If you want to like give me money and stuff for alcohol. What's your like um that. top type of alcohol that you're trying to get? I'm a whiskey person. So, whiskeys, scotches, and wines. Whiskeys, scotches, and wines. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have alcohol in here. Um, <laughs> You do? Yeah, I have enough alcohol in my house right now to like throw like an actual party and nobody have to bring anything. How do you do that? Like the alcohol I had left over in my house was from when everyone was at my house at brunch. Mm-hmm. So that and I had some whiskey. Someone gave me a bottle of whiskey mm-hmm. and I'm damn near done with that Hennessy, that mm-hmm. whiskey. I drank the whole champagne bottle. Yeah. I, have I don't know. I just have it. I just be having it in here. Sometimes I, I try not to drink too much. Mm-hmm. Like when I started living on my own, I made it a Fresh. point. Fresh. <laughs> Fresh? What? The earlier when you was like, the food is fresh. Oh my God, you're so silly. We they that. weren't there for that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll but when I started living on my own, I know I have an addictive personality or mm. I grew up being around people who had addictive personalities and shit like that. So I always treated myself like an addict. So I try not to keep sugars. And why are you laughing at me? <laughs> why are you laughing? You're... <laughs> That is the strangest thing I've ever heard. Like, you're right. not an actual addict, but right. I treat myself like an addict. Well, no, it's because... To not be an addict. It's because I I believe that I have addictive personalities running my family, mm-hmm. right? So people have struggled with different substance abuses and stuff like that. So I just try to... Uh, 
if I don't have it here, then I don't have to worry about like you probably being don't have too genetics, much, having too much. The genetics for addiction, like the addiction is also genetic. Probably uh-huh. don't even have that. I might not. No, I'm saying you don't because if you did, mm. you would be. A, oh, I see what you're you saying. You would. I see what you're saying. And you don't. Okay. All right. Well, I say all that to say, is mad alcohol in my house right now, mm-hmm. so I will give you something before you leave. Yeah, yeah, I take it late. I can't take it to work because I work with. Children. Oh, <laughs> right. You have to fire yourself as the HR man. Right. You were like, <laughs> <laughs> like Queen. Queen would be like, Yes, Naima. <laughs> Queen. <laughs> Queen, you brought a bottle of um, you brought a bottle of Jack to the office. Yes, Naima, I did bring a bottle of Jack. Queen, we have to let you go. I know you have a popular podcast, but well, Naima, I know that you're the HR manager here. However, sorry, y'all. That's we how were... it sounds when I terminate myself. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> then you do your own paperwork. I don't know why I found that seems so funny to me right now. You're so know. silly. Sorry. Oh, God. So that is um that has been helping me. Yes. I will take the alcohol that you're giving. Yes, I appreciate I will give that. You Thank you a very much. Bottle of alcohol. Yes. Um, another thing that's been helping me is that I've been listening to music. I usually listen to podcasts. Mm. I have not. But last week I didn't listen to a podcast. Really, mm-hmm. it was like I needed music. So Beyonce, I eliminated because yes. that's streaming now. Mm-hmm. And then Lizzo's album dropped. Lizzo's album is really good. Her album is called "Cause I Love You." Mm, I have to get on that. And I really, really like it. I knew I liked her music, but like listening to like. Well, I've listened to her smaller EPs, but mm-hmm. listened to like a body of work. Um, because I still listen to albums. I still like like to listen to whole things. Yeah. Um, it's really, really good and it's really been like getting me in like good spaces. Like mm-hmm. I'm the type of person who listens to music and so I act like I'm in a video. I don't care if I'm walking down the street, I gotta walk like mm-hmm. sauteing and shit. Yeah. Not sauteing, that's cooking. Sashay. But y'all know sashaying, thank mm-hmm. you. So it's been doing that for me. I'm very like when I'm feeling down, I try to like do cutesy things outside mm-hmm. of me and around me and mm-hmm. shit like that. So Lizzo's been holding me down. Lemonade's been holding me down. And coming home to my house looking popping has been holding me down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I like it. And your hair is cute. Your hair is always cute. Thank but you know, you. it's doing a thing. You know. Good. All Be right. Trying. I'm glad. I'm glad that you are self-caring yourself mm-hmm. in this time of, you know, whatever it is that you're doing yeah. right now, yo. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Cheers so is Jay. You. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for the cheers. And Jay. What are your libations? My libations this week goes to binging some shit on Hulu. I was watching Rami. That's a new series on Hulu Mm, that you can watch in one sitting. Yeah, it is fucking good, Mm -hmm. yo. I didn't know what to expect. So um, Rami is an Egyptian Muslim from New Jersey. And that's basically like the show. I think he's either in his late 20s or like early 30s. I'm not sure. But... He's an Egyptian Muslim. He lives in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. That's the show. Yeah. And oftentimes, I find shows that center the experiences of immigrants sometimes. Mm-hmm. If they are not black folks, I feel like there is this, there seems to be this need to like, like the character or the mis- the aim of the show is to show, hey, we're just like you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And we're just like you means we're just like white people. Yeah. In particular. Because it's not trying to say, oh, we're like black Americans or mm-hmm. like general Americans, which could be anything. anything. But really is to say. Because American is not a race. Right. Right. Yeah. But really th- these um, themes in a lot of media or a lot of initial media that centered like the immigrant experience or like f- first generation uh, immigrants or whatever, like would be 
to show, okay, yeah, I know that my family is from this other country, but the kids, we're just like you. Yeah. Or even my parents, we all like football. Like, we all like, we're so white American, it's really. The and, right. Like that type yeah. of energy and shit. And that's not, that's not, I don't, I don't need to look at the immigrant experience, um, that somebody is having and see oh wow they're just like white people that's so wonderful you know like that doesn't to take them in as that people. doesn't get me off that doesn't yeah. that doesn't entertain me and i don't learn anything from it because and as, i already know white americans yeah as somebody who's other yeah. already as a black mm-hmm. person in my own country as somebody who is othered when i look at the experiences of other people who are othered i find it depressing watching them do the dance that many other people who are othered have to do at work or in spaces where they want to be treated as equal right you can dance as much as you want on this show that racist at your job is still going to treat whoever's a part of your immigrant group they're still going to treat them like garbage okay so please don't enter my entertainment spaces with that shit so anyway i was hesitant to watch Rami, I was like, well, let me see what this is about. I was going to see what it was about, but I expected the usual, like, we're just like you shenanigans. Mm -hmm. I expected, um, there's also this thing that I think along with that, we're just like you shit. The child of immigrant parents in the U S on a lot of these shows went and and let me just note that there are not a lot of shows that center the experience of immigrant people. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So when they do, I usually attempt to watch them and then I find these things, but this is still rare period. Right. Um, But there's also this trope where like the, the kid um, discovers like freedom in whiteness. Like their parents are so oppressive or their parents are so obsessed with the old ways or what they did Mm -hmm. in the old country or whatever their quote unquote, allegedly regressive religion is or whatever that the kid finds just wants to fucking skateboard and fuck white women and eat a lunchable and eat a lunchable. And there's so (laughs) much freedom in that. I just want to be a regular kid that eats a fucking lunchable or whatever the fuck. I I wasn't allowed to eat them. I wasn't allowed to eat them either, but it looks stupid. Well, I did always want one. I, I was wanted one only because I like the compartments. That mm-hmm. was not lunch. <laughs> what the fuck? A pieces of cheese, crackers, and uh-huh. a bologna thing? Right. That's not lunch. I really would have rathered that to That's the a snackable. fucking bologna and cheese sandwich with mayonnaise on whole wheat bread, which I said every fucking day I don't fucking like <laughs> mayonnaise, whole wheat bread, or bologna. All right, and please don't put your hand on my sandwich and smash it like that. I say that every day. Who smash your sandwich? Kindly, my babysitter. She would take her hand and smash it down. Why do I want a smash sandwich? It was an act of disrespect. I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. know. My parents were pretty good with lunch. I had good lunch. They cared about. I you. apologize for your smash sandwich. Thank you. Thank you. It was a violation. Why would you smash somebody's sandwich? <sighs> anyway. Sorry, Rami, I didn't mean to bring what were we you talking there. about? Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to bring you there. Talking about lunchables. I, just, I, just, I, was, I, I too wanted a lunchable, <laughs> but it is not the basis of whatever I create in the future. That will not be the basis yes. of my sitcom mm-hmm. about how bad I wanted exactly. a fucking lunchable and I'm, I was just wanted to be like everyone else. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I say all that to say, um, Rami was not like that. Rami is, again, an Egyptian Muslim from New Jersey and actually struggles with believing in god like he believes in god that's it and yeah. and what he generally struggles with it, the the difference to me is instead of him like struck like struggling with his religion as a burden the burden becomes 
the way that white people engage with yeah. who he is and mm-hmm. how he navigates that. And him also um, trying to reconcile. It's like it's also like a lot of um, internal stuff amongst him and other people within his culture and within his religion, how yeah. he engages with them mm-hmm. and not all of this focus on whiteness and how to blend in and like all of that a lot of it really i think shows it shows whiteness for what it is toxic whiteness for what it is Mm -hmm. as toxic whiteness and white supremacy and the negative impact instead of trying to appease yes and and, um yes I don't know why I can't think of words. Assimilate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, I say that, but that's that's like a theme that's in there. But mm-hmm. it's like the goal of the show. Like, I didn't watch it as like, oh, this is like some fucking like revolutionary text and revolutionary like mm-hmm. script and shit like that. It was just like those things that aim to appease whiteness was not there. Yeah. And I was able to take a um, to exhale and actually enjoy the show instead of feeling so attacked okay by a fellow persons of colors like mission to appease whiteness as a black person as a person of color as someone who is othered in my own country when i see other people of color right who are not non-black people of color working so hard to appease whiteness i feel like they're calling me a nigger you know what i'm saying because they are right right because the conversation of americanness in those works are about whiteness there's no discussion of blackness Mm -hmm. right because we no matter what we do we are other period Mm -hmm. i'm here in my own country as a black american and we are othered regardless yeah the story of the immigrant in certain works of um tv fiction and shit like that is often about appeasing and assimilating and we're just like you and becoming uh white yeah there is no acknowledgement of my americanness you know what i'm saying and, and if there is erasure. acknowledgement of your americanness it's always bad yeah black americanness is always bad right do, do no one wants their mm-hmm. ch- child to come here and do those things yeah yeah um generally right so i enjoyed that shit and i enjoyed that um there were black muslims in it so mm-hmm. i liked that as i was gonna well. ask yeah there were there were there ask. were um black muslims during like a few calls to prayer that mm-hmm. i noticed and there were black muslim women okay and yeah i like that it wasn't i didn't feel like oh there's so many black people but i also didn't i also didn't feel like oh there's one there's but, one like they were there yeah, like it just you know, seemed very honestly, normal i haven't seen the show right full disclosure i haven't seen the show i did see a clip and it was like a really good ramadan joke i can't remember right now but mm-hmm. i remember like what the, i've never heard anything like this on tv so like mm-hmm. i have to watch this and then i forgot but what you said sounds like a very real experience of uh probably an egyptian um muslim person right. being generally around other egyptian muslims all the time and then mm-hmm. when they go to like the common prayer whatever spaces of course you're going to be right you know what i mean so it it doesn't even sound fake or Mm -hmm. like forced to kind of like make it seem as if they're having these interactions with right 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 no it seemed like it seemed like all different types of muslims like even even the brown muslims they look like they were from different parts of the world Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so that that being something that was that shot here in the u.s or supposed to be taking place in new jersey 
Muslim gatherings, yeah. usually when I see them, you know, if I am... Unless there's a nation of Islam. <laughs> I don't know if it's a mosque per se, but I know that a lot of men gather there and pray. It is near... It's in the garment district. Mm-hmm. And I have passed there a few times and it's all different types of Muslims there. I have yeah. been around when it's time for gathering mm-hmm. or a call comes out or whatever. And it's all different people, you yeah. know? And I mm-hmm. feel like that is more representative of what you would see stateside. Anyway, it was good to see that in that show. I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. I didn't feel triggered. And it's a lot of different. I know I focused a lot on the diversity of Muslims and, you know, not centering whiteness and shit like that. But there's all different type of shit happening in that show. And in America. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's funny. And yeah, and I fucking enjoyed it, yo. It was, cool. It was check cool. It out. Yeah, check it out and I'm let us know what it. you think, yo. I yeah. would like to know. I might come back with some Muslim shit you ain't see, but. I'm, I I hope you do. That's why, that's why I asked you to. Yes, I would love that. That would be great. Oh, do you want to tell the people how and why to donate to Tea with Queen and J podcast? Yes, yes, yes. So um, donations help us to progress this podcast, sustain this podcast, and keep the lights on for this here podcast. Yeah. You can donate by going to our website, teawithqueenandj.com. And if you just scroll down on our homepage, there is where we give you two options. Two our first option is our PayPal option, and that is where you could come however many times you want, put however much you want in a collection plate. There is no commitment there. And our second option is our Patreon option. That is where we're asking for a little bit of more commitment. We're only asking for $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less. That is for you to choose, but we're only asking for $2. Um, and those are there's a little bit of more commitment there. Um, that's a monthly thing with Patreon. And um, yeah, those are the two monetary ways that you can help sustain, contribute, and keep the lights on for TV with Queen and Jay. Mm-hmm. Other ways that you could contribute are by sharing this podcast, subscribing, whatever app that you're listening to this podcast on, subscribe, follow, whatever language they use to say that you're going to get us popping up in your feed, in your mm-hmm. phone, car, however you listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. do that. Share, rate, review. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can actually like hit the five star rating every time you listen to an episode. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. That would be fucking lit. Yeah. Um, so yes, so those are the ways that you could donate. Also, also, in our show notes, we also have the link for the donation. So if you don't want to go to our website, right in our show notes, you can click right on there on your phone if you're listening to a phone um, to donate monetarily to Tea with Queen and Jay. That's right. If you would like to sponsor Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, if you'd like to advertise with us, you can send us T-mail at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization or do a live show or consult, again, you can send us your T-mail at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. Yes, yes. So we have some donation libations. We have new patrons this week. And our new patron subscribers are Cynthia. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Jamie, thank you. And Laura. Laura says, I've been listening forever, but shamefully am only now donating monthly. That's okay. We forgive you. (laughs) I appreciate your work so, so, so much. I'm a brown Latina in the South dabbling in community organizing, and your podcast is like medicine. Rest, fortify, and keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you so much. Fortify. right. I'm going to do that. That's right. And then we have Tawana hit us on the PayPal. And Tawana said they will see us at Vaughn for Pod and Live NYC. Yo, we can't wait. That is dope. Mm-hmm. And then we got some Pod and Live NYC donations. 
from my cousin Shireen. Thank you, girl. We appreciate you. you. Ron from youdontreadcomics.com. Thank you, Ron. Anthony Talib from Afros and Audio. Elle, Chanel, and Janice and Leon. Also, Robert, um, I think we had mentioned Robert, but Robert is from grizzly kiki podcast so thank you so much thanks to everybody who hit up the the donation tab on our pod and live nyc stuff also speaking of pod and live nyc Uh 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 pod and live nyc is the largest annual black podcast meetup this side of the motherfucking galaxy and we are so excited uh they're not doing this on jupiter they're not yo they're not they can't though because it's gas so they can't (sighs) stand on it all right thanks a lot so (laughs) tea with queen and jay queen and jay janicia and naima naima and janicia we throw this annual black podcast meetup in order to build strong bonds and nurture community amongst Mm -hmm. fellow independent podcasters and listeners and everybody in between so we want you all to come out that saturday may 11th at 4 p.m at vaughn if you have rsvp then we'll see you there if you did not rsvp you played yourself because the rsvp list is closed full rocking you rocking you rocking you and this will be the largest one that we've ever had um we increased the The number number. and we still we still sold out um quicker than expected so we are looking forward to seeing you all there all your beautiful faces yes other podcasts joining us for pod and live nyc are the homies inner ho uprising queer walk podcast marsh's plate bag ladies little miss entertainment vagisteam medium popcorn talking shit podcast the shade parade him podcast Brunch and Budget, Mind Over Melanin, Extra Juicy, Dainty Thug, What's This Podcast About Again, Run the Tape, and Dreams in Drive. Yo, even the even the amount of podcasts that are going to be there. Yeah, these are the lo- this is the largest this number the largest, of podcasts. Yes. I think, honestly, this will... Well, we don't know what's going to happen. I won't, I won't yeah, say don't that. Don't do that. I won't don't put say that, that in the ethos. But yeah, this is, this is a lot of podcasts that we're partnering with this year mm-hmm. to help bring this um, free event to you mm-hmm. we like to keep these events free we like to commune with other podcasts and so that's why we do this shit so yes. i'm fucking excited joe are you excited i am i have to figure out my outfit mm-hmm. but i'm excited okay me too yeah. all right are you ready to get into the motherfucking show yeah let's get into the show cool what kind of tea are you drinking i'm drinking jasmine green tea me too and i feel like antioxidanated and <laughs> healthy because you know it has antioxidants <laughs> i do i feel antioxidanated okay and it's jasmine green so it's nice and floral i feel good you know i'll stop be making you feel holistic even if you're not being holistic mint makes me feel like that it's like oh this is holistic nah. hmm. no no no. All right. What are your pronouns? Maybe when I like incense and the candles in my house. Yeah. See, I knew you had a thing. I know. I was like, it's something. It's not. Yeah. Tea, but yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I be She's growing an aloe plant, y'all. I am. Yeah. Okay. I milk my. I milk some leaves. Really? Yeah. How did you, do you cut them? Did you cut it? Yeah. I like cut them in half. Okay. Like cute. What did you put in a jar? Mm-hmm. Oh, what you yeah. gonna do with it? Um, I'm. It's only a little bit, so I'm using that just for like blemishes and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wellness. Wholeness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll be, you know, I'll be, you know, dibbling and dibbling. Look at you out here. Okay. And what are your pronouns? 
My pronouns are she and her. What are your pronouns? My pronouns are she, her, they, them. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming that I'm a bad bitch. I'm affirming that I am enough. I'm affirming that I will be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. Mm -hmm. I affirm that I am in a healthy relationship that will continue to grow stronger. And I also affirm that whatever the fuck this funk that I'm in is, Mm -hmm. it's going to end. So I'll be fine. Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. Jay, yes. what are you affirming for yourself? I affirm as always that I am not a lady. I affirm that I am enough. I affirm that I'm going to shed any excess baggage, mm. right? So that could be like Bang, lady. that shit. That could be like bad energy. That could be like extra stuff in my apartment. That could be like any weight that I'm holding onto in my body mm-hmm. because I keep eating peeps at night because they were on sale you from peeps? Easter. I, you want some peeps? You, no, oh, okay. those things are gross. I know, but I have a thing with like Easter. So when the candy went on sale, I bought some Easter candy and like peeps made me feel all like safe and stuff. But anyway, I only eat like one a week. All right, all right. Anyway, I'm I'm affirming I'm gonna shed the extra whatever Judge, is happening. I'm looking at her judging. Me. I know, I know, peeps? I know. My partner was here yesterday, and I was like, I got this, I got that, I got some peeps. And he was like, peeps, those are disgusting. I rather, and you don't like candy corn. Ew, no. Fuck, I, you know, you eat peeps. At least it's like an actual marshmallow you in the middle of a peep, peeps, and not a fucking but crayon. Not candy corn. Candy corn is fucking crayon. Candy corn. It's crayon wax. It's sweetened crayon wax. What the fuck is a peep? It's a marshmallow coated in sugar. It's very clear. It knows what it is. And it's in the shape of an adorable duck or fucking bunny. Your stomach hates it. No, it doesn't. Okay. Sulfuric acid is like, these are my affirmations. I affirm. So I'm going to shed all that baggage. Okay. Right. Throw away them peeps. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, I affirm that my rent is forever paid. I affirm new and bountiful opportunities are solidified and present. And I affirm I am growing and building he- a healthy and fruitful relationship and healthy other healthy and fruitful relationships also. Um, yeah. And like love and like cuddles and mm-hmm. like tenderness because yes. i'm a tender ass bitch you know like tenderness you know what i'm saying holding close to you baby i surrender that's the jam when i cared about marriage i was going to be one of those okay all right oh I'll, that's good yeah, yeah yeah that's a good one yeah. mm-hmm. We should like organize other people's weddings and give them the dream wedding that our like fourteen year old self thought we was gonna yeah. have. Yeah, we should. Because another that. thing I was gonna do if I cared about marriage was instead of like, um, you know how people be doing those dance battles, kind of, sort mm-hmm. of. No, me and my partner were gonna lip sync battle. Really? Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's All more right. fun. Well, I'm sure we already gave these ideas to other people. Probably. So there you go. There you have it, y'all. Lip sync battle. Mm-hmm. That's the wave. It's better. So we got a letter. We got a letter. Yeah, we got a letter. And this is actually a moment in black hair. This is all about hair. It's all about black ass hair. So quick trigger warning. This is about hair. And we know that black hair gets political and niggas make it weird. Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. All right. All right. I'm going to read this. Ready? Okay. (laughs) Moment in black hair? T-mail? That's the subject. (laughs) Okay. It can be both. Yes. The message says, hi, 
This message is about my BFF who is currently having hair issues. She is a 4C queen as well, and due to lack of funds and stress of being in her last year of grad school, she can't keep up with taking care of her hair like she would like. For this reason, I think she took after me and cut her hair off. Her husband cut it for her in the bathroom with his clippers. This will be important later. This was back in October 2018. Fast forward to two weeks ago, she tells me that her husband is starting to make her feel bad about her hair. He's been saying things like, people will see your hair and think we're poor. Your hair is still too short. When are you going to put a perm in your hair, etc.? His response to her hair didn't surprise me very much. They're both Igbo Nigerian, and it seems like a lot of Africans from the continent are more influenced by white supremacy and capitalism than regular blacks and Uh, in parentheses, African-Americans. However, I suggested to her that he may like her hair better if she actually got her hair cut by an actual licensed barber, master barber, preferably, because they'll give you a cut that will fit your head and face, maybe maybe give you a little design, etc. Getting a bathroom haircut and a professional haircut are two different things. I know that from experience. She went on to say that she still isn't really comfortable rocking her shortcut and she has been wearing wigs nonstop in all caps. I told her that is probably why her hair isn't growing the way she wants. I told her that she has to let her hair breathe sometimes. I also reassured her that she needs to get a professional cut. A good haircut will give her confidence. I even offered to cash app to cash app her the money she needed for a cut. I live in ATL. She goes to school in the tri-state area. Instead of that, she wants to go to a dermatologist to see if something is wrong with her scalp, which costs more money than a haircut, lol. I honestly don't think anything is wrong with her scalp. I just thought it would be less stressful on her to just rock a shortcut at least until she is finished with grad school. Sorry, this is long. How can I help my friend gain confidence in herself, even though her husband and family keeps pressuring her to be someone else? Thanks. Okay. So thanks for the letter. I actually like have a question. I don't is her man poor? Like, because if he thinks that her hair is what makes them look poor, like is he actually poor and like projecting that shit on her? Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, what huh? How right. what the fuck are you saying? And if you are not poor and there are ways for my hair to not be poor in quotations and mm-hmm. to also help me look better and feel better about myself why aren't you doing that if you're my partner yeah. i've had plenty of partners who have got my hair done for me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean like mm-hmm. in the ways that i i needed because i am i do have insecurities tied to my hair especially being 4c mm-hmm. and um all of those things so it's like there are very superficial ways to be supportive in this like i don't mm-hmm. i don't know if he's going to be deeply supportive and like um, in the ways of which you and I would probably be to a friend in this case because mm-hmm. we understand the experience and can empathize. But like pay for her hair to get done then if she wants something else. And, you know, it seems as if, like you said earlier in the letter, that she couldn't pay for the upkeep. Why isn't he paying for the upkeep then? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that is just like I have issues with especially being in partnerships with men who don't like things about my appearance that can be some probably things that I would change too, like like I'm saying like hairstyles, yeah. nails, like those types of things. Mm-hmm. If there's an upkeep that they want, why aren't you funding that? Right. I I have I don't understand that. I remember yeah. having an ex boyfriend years ago, 
excuse me, he used to pay for my weaves and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then at some point he was like, I don't like you in weaves anymore. And I was like, oh, well, like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, at that time I had the money to upkeep my own, but it was just like, so like Mm -hmm. he was already paying for it all. You know, I just don't get these demands on superficial looks um, and superficial in the sense of like the outer. Okay. And if you're not going to fund the change if i'm making you look poor then make me look rich <laughs> you know like i don't i don't get yeah. i don't understand that from a partner like mm-hmm. these are things that are not permanent mm-hmm. i can get you know i could get my hair done in different ways yeah. blah, 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 ways that make me feel good about myself mm-hmm. and you're not even contributed to that so like why the fuck are you here yeah. this is just hair and you can't contribute to like mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the I thing i, I think a loving that. partner would say okay so like what what is it that you want what would make this better yeah. like for you kind of thing mm-hmm. but some other thing that i want to address before we um get more into that i kind of you mentioned that um they are this is a nigerian couple and um that continental africans oh yeah let's get to that are more influenced by white supremacy than um regular, regular blacks, blacks or black americans and i want to i want to um sorry i'm just trying to get back to that sentence exactly mm-hmm. yeah it seems like a lot of africans from the continent are more influenced by white supremacy and capitalism than regular blacks or african americans um, i will say i think that as black folks throughout the diaspora i think that we all have a lot of different expectations for one another in different parts of like the world and so i think that there are um black americans I think that there are some black Americans who are ignorant to the white supremacy that folks have experienced throughout the diaspora. Mm -hmm. And so there are some of us who may expect contininental Africans um, to be unaffected by by white supremacy and capitalism Mm -hmm. or to be less affected by it than black Americans are. Or even I think that there are times when we feel like we should have kinship with each other that we don't have or times where we discover differences about one another that we didn't expect or just just expectations that we have of one another because we are all African descended people. But also a lot of times many of us know very little about one another's experience in whatever part of the world we're from. Yeah. Right. And so I think that there are times when sometimes we are caught off guard by one another. And so I disagree that continental Africans um, or some I'm I'm going to pretend you said some continental Africans because we know their Africa is like so huge and the yeah. experience of Africans in each different country is it's like so different. different. You have like rural Africans, you have Africans who live in like a big city is all different type of shit going on there. And so I think that the experiences of some continental Africans are um I think we ex- because we expect because many of us in the U.S., expect Africans to um, not have experienced the type of shit that we experience here, the shit that makes Black Americans assimilate and straighten their hair or any of the shit that we have done to in response to the trauma of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. I think there are some of us who expect that 
Africans did not have to go through this shit. And so Africans on the continent. Um, and so I think that some of us feel like they are more affected by it or they are more um, trying to appease whiteness or more trying to fall in line with capitalism and shit like that because we didn't expect it at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then when we see it, it's like, whoa, what the hell's going on over there? Mm-hmm. Y'all weren't slaves. What's what's going on? What are, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? But not understanding that continental Africans, although they weren't enslaved people, mm-hmm. kind of went through the same kind of like displacement of family, separation, colonization, dis- colonization, d- dismantling of whatever systems you had before mm-hmm. and like all of that stuff. Right. It didn't manifest in ensla- enslavement, but a lot of that stuff a lot of that white supremacist stuff still f- affects us in like mm-hmm. very similar ways, even though the storyline, the narratives are different. different right. You know? Right. Um, yeah. So I would, I would disagree that they are more affected by it, but I would also say different parts of continental Africa experience religion differently Mm -hmm. and so um i know that there are a lot of very um conservative christian nigerians i know just like there are conservative christian like black americans who you know like go and get your perm or go and like there's like certain Mm -hmm. things that you're supposed to do and and a part of that is aligning with whiteness in certain ways Mm -hmm. um so none of this sounds like so far-fetched like this story doesn't sound like something i necessarily would not hear black american people say or do it just sounds like nothing that any of my friends would say or do because i'm not friends with these people anymore Mm -hmm. you know did you want to say anything about that um no no not about that just like honestly i feel like i will hear black americans say these things like like you said like not none, none of my friends or anything like that but like i'm thinking about when i first went natural and when i was out about in the world it was like mm-hmm. things about like do your hair or like you know like stuff that just wasn't like not accepting of my forcey here right and me trying to process that and mm-hmm. it just seems sounds like that is what your friend is doing um processing how she interacts with her hair how the world interacts with her hair and figuring all of that shit out mm-hmm. which i think it's um, I'm, I don't know how long she's been natural, but according to this haircut, it hasn't been that long. Yeah, this is this is very fresh. Yeah, and, and the way in which or the speed of which you need want her or need her to adjust yeah. is unrealistic. And it kind of had me feeling like, mind your own head. Mm-hmm. Like I get that your friend is going through things and emotions, but. It's like her process mm-hmm. and like kind of like support her in that, but like let her figure that shit out. Yeah. Like let her figure it out. Like when I when I got to the part about her wearing the wigs nonstop with the capital mm-hmm. letters, for me, I just I don't know if that's what you were doing, but I got a lot of judgment from that. Mm-hmm. And it's like this is her process. If this is what she needs to do to come to terms with what she looks like now. Um, if she feels she's beautiful right now and all of these things, let her do that process. That is for her to figure out mm-hmm. um, and her to come to terms with. Maybe she won't keep the um, shortcut. Maybe she will, but this is something for her to figure out. And yeah. it seems as though you're like way too invested in her process mm-hmm. of figuring it out. 
Um, just because you figured it out doesn't mean that it's going to take the same amount of time that it took for you. That process that was for you is not going to be the same for her. And I need yeah. you to understand that. And then another thing when it came to the wigs nonstop, you need your hair to breathe. I kind of wanted to ask, like, what does that mean? Because I get that a lot because I wear my hair away a lot, like in protective styles a lot. And it's like... To me, having my hair away a lot is not, like, a huge thing because I'm Muslim. Like, I've lived around women who had their hair away a lot. When they were home, it was, you know, out. But what is this idea that, like, your hair has to be out and about mm-hmm. in the world to breathe in order mm-hmm. for it to, like, grow? And You know, like, if, she can, if she's wearing wigs, she can still take care of her hair mm-hmm. in the ways that, she needs to it's not like she's wearing box braids for five years yeah. straight like it's she's her hair still breathes she mm-hmm. still takes the wig off she can still do the thing so like that's usually when people say things like that to me i'm kind of like to it's like it's just dumb mm-hmm. because i've been around and lived around women who have covered their hair and it's not a wig so i'm not like equating it to that extent but i'm mm-hmm. just saying that this head is covered to the outside world for long periods of time and their hair is fine. Yeah. Like my mom covered her hair for the majority of my life. My mom hair is fine. Mm-hmm. Aunt's hair. You know like so it's like what what where do you get this from? What is what and it I it makes me think about and I don't know if I'm like cuz I never really thought about this okay. as much but it's like why it's as if this it's as if I'm thinking of like white supremacy and how it like influences how we're supposed to like act and look and, and all take of that care of ourselves. And, and take care. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So like you are not, you must not one, you must not love your hair if you're covering your hair. And then two, like you must not be taking care of your hair if you're wearing wigs every day, which is not true. I'm a person who wears wigs often. I still take care of my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, or as a person who has covered my hair, but out a wig, but like wearing a um, kuma or whatever, and still took care. Like this notion that if if the world doesn't see my hair, well, yeah, all of all of my family's hair is healthy, fine. Um, I just this this whole hair breathing thing, as if she lives in the wig nonstop, mm-hmm. is ridiculous, and it makes me think of like policing women and how we go about our bodies mm-hmm. and how we go about our everyday like mm-hmm. i could wear a wig every day if i felt like it does that mean that my hair is not bru- you know i don't know it's just weird like i just kind of just feel like mind your own head mm-hmm. um support is ways to support your friend without like being so what i'm perceiving as judgmental yeah. and minding her process and how she's processing this. She's already said she's stressed out because of grad school, grad school and all of this stuff, and to be adding all of this other shit on, which is, which is really unnecessary. Yeah. This makes no sense to me. Especially, I feel like um, because we have not been taught, like, generally speaking, as you're growing up, the adults around you teach you how to take care of yourself. They teach you how to take care of your body, how to brush your teeth, what to do with your hair and like all of that stuff. Right. I feel like black folks um, here within the colonized world, at least in the past, right. So like our age and maybe like a few years after, like Mm -hmm. pre the um, like intense, like natural hair movement Mm -hmm. that we're living in. I think that, 
we were not taught what to do with our natural hair. Like, what's the best thing to do with our natural hair? Our parents did it and maybe did some things to it when we were little girls. And then it was, okay, how do I make my hair lay down straight? How do I make it straight? How do I make it look straight? How do I, what do I do with that? As opposed to like, how do I take care of my natural Mm -hmm. hair? What looks, what about my natural hair? Um, what's In what way does it look good on me? And what way does it make me feel good? And how was the best way to take care of it and keep it moisturized and all this stuff? So, so many of us, this is why they call it a natural hair journey for a lot of people because yeah. so many of us learned as adults how to take care of kinky, coily, nappy hair. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and so when I say that natural hair journey, it's just to remind us that that's a lot of learning for a lot of people yeah. at a grown stink behind age. Yeah, and then on top of that, so you're learning new I, new ways to take care and the upkeep and the tactics, but then you're also relearning your relationship with how you look yeah. with this kind of hair on your on your person. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's different. Yeah. And if you you live in a world that tells you that that and especially being a four C hair person, mm-hmm. that even when you are natural, it's supposed to look this way. Even if you do do a shortcut, it's supposed to look this certain way. Mm-hmm. Or these these other things that you have to do with a shortcut to still make you appear feminine, yeah. and all of these other things. There's lots of factors in that learning and unlearning things. Learning new things about yourself in this whole process that I think you're not even putting into account for a person who just cut their hair in October. Yeah. And this is happening while they're in grad school. Yeah. Which is already its own thing. So this is like a lot of work and stuff. And honestly, I hope I hope that you are writing this letter to us about a 4C person as a 4C person. Okay. Word. Because if you are one of them, like, wash and go natural hair women who, like, you know, your hair, like, has a perfect curl and bounce or something. Or, like, you can use mixed chick products. Like. That still exists. Yeah. Mm. This ain't, I mean, you need to slow down. Like, you better be 4 CEO. I think she is. She <laughs> okay. Said, I think she is. She said, oh, she could, I don't know if she meant as well as us or as well as them. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She said as well. All right. I'm going to go ahead and assume that you are also a 4C black girl hair person because if you are not 4C, it's on site. It's on site for you. <laughs> I really don't know what else to say. Because yeah. I really I really do have a problem with people who are not 4C commenting on 4C and hair yeah, totally. in, in ways that are yeah. like less than supportive of whatever the 4C person is experiencing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so anyway, be sensitive to this person's journey. Mm-hmm. If it takes her five years to be comfortable with who she is or who you think she's supposed to be or whatever the fuck like that too who the fuck do you think she's supposed to yeah. be yeah she could she could possibly never really like mm-hmm. her hair mm-hmm. that's her that's her though that's right. her thing right 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 you know mm-hmm. and yeah. i like um i'm gonna bring up the episode that we spoke about when we talked about our own hair and how we feel about our relationship with our hair it's yeah. episode 183 wash and go where and i remember saying like I am not like a hundred percent in love with my hair, but it's my hair. Like yeah. it's still my hair. I'm not like I don't I don't I think it's not fair mm-hmm. to say that a person has to be a hundred percent in love with their hair in order to be like someone who has accepted their hair right. or like fucks with their hair. I fucked with my hair type. Like mm-hmm. it's not it 
it's not like an issue for me. But that doesn't mean I have to be 100% in love with what's growing out of my head in order for me to like fucking stand by that shit. And you know what I mean? Like that's not fair. Especially in a world that does not support your hair texture. Especially in a world where you are isolated because of your hair texture, even Even within within the the natural hair hair community. community. You know what I'm saying? There are whole pages that pretend to be dedicated to natural hair, but really they're dedicated to like big, loose curl, shiny hair. And that's not like... That is not the the range of black girl hair, and it is not the hair that is most shitted on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what? Like, you know how easy it would be for either one of us to wake up in the morning with that loose curl, shiny shit, and fucking put it in a messy ponytail and leave the house. You know what I'm saying? What is that? What is that? Huh? What is that? I could never. What is that? What? Do you know what I would look like? If I went to sleep without, if my hair is out and Uh I went to sleep without twisting it, Uh doing something, some Uh process just to go to sleep. Yeah. I will wake up looking like what the fuck. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Because the standard is I can't go outside looking like what the fuck. You can't go out in a messy ponytail. Mm -mm. Right. Unless your hair is mad long, like down your back and shit. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So anyway, have more understanding for your friend. Um, don't bully your friend into recognizing her queendom. Yeah. Okay. Don't like, you know, whatever your friend needs to feel comfortable. They're in fucking grad school. Yeah. Do they? Maybe they want. Why? Why don't they? I wonder. Um, if they don't want to get braids. Well, they shave. They cut their hair really low. Okay. So they probably can't get braids now, and then I guess they can't keep up. But she. They couldn't. The upkeep thing was the issue. That's but why I was getting at the husband. Why is he like, asking about the reason why I say braids is because he's asking when when is she gonna go and get a perm? Mm-hmm. Like if it's long enough to perm, it's long enough to braid. Men right? are dumb. Who knows if it's long enough to perm? They are fucking dumb. Jeez. <laughs> Gosh, you don't know. Yeah. My thing is, if you are my partner and you have requests in quotations, because yeah. I, I could abide by them or not. That mm-hmm. depends on if I like the request mm-hmm. or if, you know whatever. If you're not paying for it, like, I don't, I don't, don't open your mouth to ask me to do anything to me, myself, right. and my body. Mm-hmm. Babe, I like you in this. You, are you buying it? Mm-hmm. Are you getting it? Then shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. That's sounds like, is he poor? Because, mm-hmm. pay for it. Yeah. I, I wish someone would. Yeah. I don't. Because I'll fuck you up. But, you know? But also, if she wears wigs every day, what is what's his what is he talking about? He's stupid. I don't like him. He's stupid, and you need to just let your friend go through this journey. Be Mm -hmm. a supportive friend and let Mm -hmm. her go through this journey. However, it is it's not it's not going to look like yours. It's not supposed to look like yours Mm -hmm. because it's hers. Yeah, something that I do. Okay, so look, sound like you were full of suggestions. So if my friend asks me, or if they sound like, oh, you know what, this makes me feel uncomfortable, you could always say, oh, here's a few things that I've done, or I've seen this, or whatever, Mm -hmm. and oh, I found this barber in your area. I know they work with such and such. If let me know if you want to go, I'll send you whatever. But and, and let let her do what she's comfortable with. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And just like leave it at that. But it sounds like offer the advice, mm-hmm. but don't hold it against her if she doesn't take yeah. it. Because it seems as if I'm thinking about when you offered her to pay for the haircut, and mm-hmm. she's like, she rather go to the dermatologist. And you're like, well, it seems like the barber will be cheaper. Like 
Yeah. Let her make her own decisions. Right, you right. just make the suggestions. She'll mm-hmm. take them or take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. Right. You know, maybe the Thurman child is just is, isn't a good decision. But if for her, if she feels that's what she needs to do, needs to do mm-hmm. because maybe before her hair was growing faster than it is now, so she don't know what the fuck because we don't know our hair and we have to figure shit out again. Mm-hmm. Let her do that. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not taking no money out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. Right? Also, um, we went to some natural hair thing and somebody was talking about taking adrenal aids to support your adrenal glands. Mm-hmm. And supposedly that's supposed to help. But I don't know. That's all I remembered from that class. Um, we are not professionals, so don't be coming for us if that don't work. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't even tried it. That's just what somebody has said one time <laughs> when I was sitting in a natural hair care class. Yeah, she was falling asleep, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was falling asleep. It was good sleep in there, too. You know how you be in a class or at church, you get the best sleep? I'm not a classroom sleeper. Oh. Right, because you like learning and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. You're whack. Um, yeah. So how can I help my friend gain confidence in herself? I think the best thing you can do as her friend is be supportive of what she wants to do mm-hmm. with herself. Yeah. You know? And when I... If I have the misfortune of like hanging out with somebody who likes looking dry all the time and like then one time they show up and they look adorable, I'd be like, oh, my God, this looks great on you. Positive reinforcement. That's it. Yeah. I don't say, oh, wow, you look so bad all the time. I'm so glad you finally look good. You know, it's just when something. (laughs) There are people like that. People are horrible. Yeah. When I see something I like, I'll be like, oh, wow, this looks great. It like it opens up your face so much or whatever. And then leave it at that. yo. Mm -hmm. Leave it at that. And then if they want to come go back to looking dry and that's their safe spot, that's where they feel safe. Let them look dry, yo. Let them look dry. Okay. Yeah. I hope you don't look dry. Look. So you better, be, that. you better be 4C. And then you uh, better be 4C. I think I feel like they are. They have okay. to be. Right. And then um also, like I said before, episode 183, Wash and Go Where. That episode, me and Jay go in a lot about our experiences with being a 4C person, our journey, our love or hate relationship mm-hmm. with our hair and stuff like that. So that may be a good place for her to hear other people. Um, yeah, please recommend you, episode other to people her. Yeah. talking about their hair and their relationship with their hair. Because not everyone's relationship with their hair is like the one you have with Right, yours. that's true. That's true. And you know, you'll be able to relate to it as a 4C person. <laughs> you know what? You're annoying. Let's get it. Thanks for yo, the leather. You, your hair better let's, be let's take a mad break. kinky, yo. Let's take a break. Mad kinky. Let's take a break. Her hair better be mad kinky. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's get out of here. You, you're annoying. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money! Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like. Giving black this women year. your money. Yes. So Give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they? give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week sometimes um, twice a week yeah yo (laughs) and we could use your loving motherfucking donations Um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yo tvsqueenandj.com hit that donate tab Mm -hmm. we have two options there two two you become a patron 
or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again (laughs) all the time yes and we're black all the time that's right that's right so earlier um this year we had the pleasure of being in south by southwest yes yes and queen was on a panel that was organized put together created written by sam riddell of inner hole uprising podcast called where are the black sense where are they where, where are they where? and we've talked about this a few times before on our podcast mm-hmm. we would talk about like just the language of black people and the way that we speak in general and like how that translates into podcasting and how oftentimes our voices as black people are erased yep and um yeah yo this was an amazing panel you want to tell us a little bit more about it um yeah so where the blacks and panel um it was with like you said created by organized by sam adele of the inner uprising um it was moderated by barry of podcasting color myself the queen from tea with queen and jay i just wanted to say my name again mm-hmm. um and Lanley watley a doctoral candidate um from Howard university and uh, we just basically just like shot the shits about like podcasting black sense that um made my photo is a mid-Atlantic accent that is supposed to be the standard for radio and broadcasting and shit like that. Um, basically talked about how they like to use our culture, use our language um, for certain things, but not other things. And how usually people who have um, black sense generally we're kind of pigeonholed in like the pop culture section mm-hmm. of things. You will never like hear me on an NPR podcast. You will never hear a voice like um mine giving you the news yeah you know shit like that so Mm -hmm. it was really good and interesting i really enjoyed doing that and it's fucking amazing which is why we wanted to share it with you i want to say this so jay actually is the one who recommended me to be on a panel oh yeah okay we'll tell that story really dope yeah so that was cool like that was just cool yeah i think because we had talked about we were talking about black sense of sorts on the podcast and i think because it was a concept that i was talking about a lot sam initially reached out to me and was like hey do you want to be on this panel and yeah of course i want to be on the panel Uh and then when i was thinking more about what this panel was about i know between the two of you i have a black scent but between the two of you i know between the (laughs) two of us i do have a black scent but in terms of what is acceptable to white society comparatively speaking your black scent is thicker and you speak aave in ways that i don't speak it yeah and Mm -hmm. so if there are two of us and i know that one of us is more central to the nature of the discussion of course i'm going to be like oh i think actually yeah. between the two of us this might be something that makes more sense for queen to do um yeah yeah and so i recommended queen for so, the panel yeah. but yeah it was good Thank but you it worked that. out because we all ended up at south by southwest you Ew. see how that shit works you Ew. see how that That's, works see That's how you do things but that's also how you like step out of the way for 
talking about privilege, right? Mm-hmm. So you and I are both black girls on this podcast with Black Sense yeah. who, with the voices that we use here, will never be on NPR, right? Yeah. I still recognize my privilege as somebody who code switches in a way that is um, more acceptable to white society. Mm -hmm. And that's what like when we talk about privilege, we always talk about recognize whatever level of like privilege you have, recognize your privilege and make sure that you are not centering yourself and make sure you're leaving space like for others. And Mm -hmm. that's not like to pat me on the back. That's just to really talk about how to do that work and how to like how it's always active and intentional yeah so i'm i'm constantly trying to and and i don't always remember to do it or i don't always recognize my privilege but i'm also always trying to take a moment and say okay what's my privilege in this situation yeah and am i using it for good Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so yeah, it was a fucking amazing Thanks, panel. Friend. Yeah, it was amazing. Of course, that yo. Week was Thank dope. you. Thanks for doing it, yo. It is it's really dope and we wanted to make sure that more people got to hear it. Um and so we're including it here, yo. I'm super excited. If you like Tea with Queen and Jay podcast and you enjoy the shit that we talk about, you will enjoy this fucking panel. But yeah, we hope you enjoy it and let us know what you think. All right? Okay. Yeah? Yeah. All right. We'll see y'all next week. What a day, what a time. Bye. Hi, I'm Barry. Um, I run Podcasts in Color, which is a directory of podcasters of color. Um, it's voices all over the world. Um, I live in Denver, Colorado, so I'm very Midwest, um, Midwest and, of course, in a very white city. Um, and when I found the read, it was like, oh, my God, other people that talk like me, like that don't talk like they all have degrees or like PhDs and they're in the classroom all the time. And then I wanted other people to find that voice for them. My thing is about people finding voices that speak to them. And so this was the perfect panel. I feel like, um, basically like we're the podcast black sense because that's what we look for. Like people find a podcast like tea with Q and J, they find inner ho uprising, they find bodega boys and you're like, Oh my gosh, these are people that talk like me and my friends. It's not like, you know, we're only in the classroom, but we exist, you know, at home and with our friends and we talk about everything. Um, So we basically wanted to talk about outside of the NPR voice and the voices that are usually raised up to get bigger, um, you know, we have voices also (laughs) that should be out there talking about different subjects. And I'm going to go down the panel and let it... We got the the little clippy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So if you don't know what a black scent is, which I'm sure most of you do, but... (laughs) You might not. Um, <laughs> we have, we have, we, hey, we have a, cl- a quick little clip of like a mashup of different black scents from around America. So Q1, please. Who said that? Abraz on fleek. Bifolation. Period. Shay. Serve the kids. Yes. Yes. Wow, you right <laughs> <laughs> a little seasoning, a little about that seasoning on that. <laughs> yeah. But I just also want to preface that with it's not only black sense, but it's things that like mannerisms that have made its way into American pop culture and been appropriated by not to black people. Hi, I'm Sam. <laughs> um, I am the person who ideated this podcast. Um, this, panel. this panel. Thank you. Um, I am the host and producer of Inner Ho Uprising. I am also the co-host of a podcast called In Those Jeans. I'm also an independent podcast producer who um, works on a variety of different shows. And yeah, I'm happy to be here.
Um, hello, my name is Naima Queen Muhammad. Everyone knows me as Queen. Um, I'm one half of the podcast Tea with Queen and Jay, where we talk about dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. Um, every episode, I'm from the Bronx, um, and I talk like I'm from the Bronx all day, every day, because why the fuck not? Um, <laughs> yes, that is me. Hi, my name is Landy Watley. Um, I'm a doctoral student at Howard University, the Mecca. Um, right now, I am doing research on the linguistic practices of black women in the workplace. Um, I'm a reader, I'm a writer, I'm a speaker. Um, holla at me on Twitter, at Landy underscore Watley. <laughs> um, and we can connect. <clears throat> Okay, um, to start off, as you can see, we have a range of people. <laughs> um, to start off, I'll start with question one. And um, this is, what is the current state of the black scent um, as it pertains to American culture and as it pertains to podcasts? And start with Landy. Okay, um, so I'm going to back up just a little bit and just think to talk about how we think about language um, in American culture. And we don't always think... we tend to think of language in the larger scheme as neutral and objective, and it's not. Language is subjective. Language is style. Language is experience. Language is identity. And until we start thinking of language in AAVE, African American Vernacular English, as a political act, then I think we'll forever have to have these types of conversations. And until we call the policing of black language in AAVE out for what it is, which is anti-American, anti-blackness, and just uh, socio-political uh, gatekeeping at its finest, then I think we'll forever have to have these conversations. And AAVE and other um, cultural languages uh, and dialects will be forever seen as a subculture or uh, deficient. So specifically in the podcast space, and this is like the reason why I wanted to put on this panel, I find that there's two types of black shows. So there's shows where people can be their full authentic selves. And generally that's shows that aren't funded by like big podcast networks. So it's not the kind of voice that you're going to hear on like an NPR or even a Gimlet or anything like that. When you do find shows that are backed with people being their full authentic selves, and by that I mean like using their black scent, not code switching, not censoring themselves. It's generally about pop culture, so you'll find a show like The Read. And then there are shows where people talk about whatever, whether it be science, whether it be like the politics of race, whether it be sexuality, but those aren't shows that are funded by these big places, but these are shows where people are allowed to code switch, and I think that's because they're independently doing it on their own. Um, I know like for me as a... Right now, I'm going to speak as a podcast listener, not as a podcaster. So when I hear podcasts where people don't sound like me, I generally, honestly, don't feel safe. Um, because those voices are generally the voices that were telling me to correct the way I speak, to not do that thing, to not speak slang, to not curse so much and all of that stuff. And that's not safe for me. So I generally don't listen to podcasts like that, only if you're like, a fucking news podcast that's just telling me what happened the day before or stuff like that. But when it comes to like me just having an easy listening space, I listen to podcasts where people sound like me. Um, and even if they don't sound like me, they still, like let's say if I'm talking about AAVE from like the South or something like that, cause I'm from the Bronx, I still feel comfort and like kind of hearing them sound like we're in the fucking kitchen 
and you know having a conversation or like doing hair or something like that. I just generally, people being themselves. Exactly. I prefer that. I don't like the polished um, sound because it doesn't sound real, and I don't trust it. You know, I don't. Who the fuck are you? Like, all, yeah. Sorry. And I'm just like, who are you? You know. So it's it's weird for me. It's also like everything exists already in that polished voice. Exactly. So for me, like, even though not all podcasts are news, most podcasts talk about current things or I'm learning something. So I can already get like a very standard media broadcast voice on any, any network. That, yeah. And podcasts are not broadcast. Like it's very niche. It's specific. So I'm going to that to hear the things that I want to hear about, but from the people that I want to hear it from. And then especially since podcasting is supposed to be like at it's supposed to be like this new underground renegade rebel space for you to do shit. And then you're still doing the polished, boring stuff that they're doing on radio. Like, why are you doing this? It makes no sense to me to, um, keep it in that range. Like if you wanted to do that, like go to radio or like go to talk radio, this is podcasting and this is where we're supposed to like have free range to do whatever we want. And you're not doing that. So like, why are you here? It also like, totally eliminates the nuance and individuality of voice. Like, your personality is in your voice, Queen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, what we're about to hear in a couple of seconds is, like, everybody says the words the exact same way. Like, you could go from one podcast to the next to the next and be like, is that the same white guy? But it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Sometimes it's a black guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And one of the things that, like, I was thinking about this morning is when I'm searching through podcasts and a lot of people are talking about creating podcasts, um, black people and POC people, they're, like, always, like, um, I'm creating it because I don't hear it. And to me, it's not that it doesn't exist. It's just that it doesn't exist on such a level that it can be marketed for them to know it exists. Right. So people keep creating almost the same podcast in different ways because yeah. they're like, I want to yeah. hear my voice. I want to hear people right. like me. And that's like a big sentence that I think if um, listening to the other podcast panels that I've been on, like, well, been on, been to since being at South by Southwest, if they understood that, yeah, um, right. maybe they would have a different aspect of like how podcasts could grow because it's, it's a little still. Right. <laughs> so going to, um, Question two, and this is, what are the ramifications of the black scent not showing up in podcasts? And I'll let Sam. So we have a clip displaying like the different variations of how uh, black scents can show up in and not in podcasts. So can we play Q2 first? I'm Wesley Morris. I'm Jenna Wortham. Welcome to Still Processing. We're two culture writers at the New York Times, and the paper was chill enough to give us our own show. I don't know if you remember this, Jenna Wortham. But a few months ago, I slid into your inbox and I sent you a message. Oh, I remember, Wesley Morris. You asked me to go half on a podcast, but that's crazy. I don't know. I want to talk to you about how you feel about Instagram, and I want to talk about your personal geode collection. You have one, and I want to hear why. Here's what I want to hear from you. I want to talk about, do the Oscars still matter? What shows are you watching? What do you think about Janet Jackson? I want to know how you feel about the Obamas leaving the White House. So that was from the show Still Processing, hosted by two black people um, on the New York Times Network. Yeah, New York Times yeah. Now, yeah. Um, Can we play Q3? Welcome back to uh, to The Read. Yes. I am Lizzo. And I am Meghan Markle. And you know what time it is. That's right, bitch, that we're back. <laughs> I saw your little painting. Did you? Mm-hmm. What? I, don't, I saw uh, I don't Blue and Certain Roomies. <laughs> parents 
okay. in front of your painting. I was just making sure you were referencing, like, you know, the one that Beyonce deliberately yeah. turned and faced, like, you know. You're a melanated Mona. Yes. You know? And, and congratulations on my pregnancy, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. When Beyonce blesses your womb, your fetus is just destined for greatness. So that was from The Read, which is on Loudspeakers Network, also hosted by two black people. And can we play Q4? This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, are you a white person who wants me to denounce another black person because you are wildin' and always out of pocket? Are you a black person with a pocket full of Solange hot takes? Are you somewhere scared and hiding until the current president stops presidenting? Whoever you are, wherever you at, we got you covered. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with, with Queen and Jay. And that is the wonderfully and independently created Tea with Queen and Jay, also hosted by two black people. I'm one of those hosts. <laughs> Okay, um, so to go back to the question, what are the ramifications? Do you feel like the Black Senate showing up um, in podcasts like T.B. Queen J. and The Read and not necessarily showing up in podcasts like Still Processing that comes from the New York Times? And I'll start with Sam. I actually kind of want to kick it over to Queen just because we just heard your voice. And last night you were telling me about the reason why you don't do that intro The intro bit. piece, yeah. yeah. So my co-host always does it. I used to do the intro piece. Um, but then I felt this pressure to sound perfect because um, I've always been told I don't sound perfect. And I don't have issues when I, I, I love the way I sound. But I just felt pressure to sound like that. And I don't fucking sound like that. Um, so to record intros and then it was like, do it again, do it again. I'm just like, no, this is not why I decided to do a podcast to sound perfect, to sound like something that I need for other people to understand. The people that I need to understand, understand me. And that's just what it is. Um, so that's why I decided to stop doing the intro because I'm going to say it like this. And if you understand what I'm saying, you're going to understand it. I'm going to say water. I'm going to say talk. I'm going to say little, like that's how I talk. And I'm going to do those things. And I, and that, section because we're introducing you to po- introducing you to the podcast that's the first time you're hearing it we felt that it should still sound um different and i was just like fuck that i don't want to do that anymore so my co-host does that piece for me but i did feel pressure to sound like whatever perfect is and I was saying, after she said that last night, I just said it's pretty cool that um, for their podcast, they have conversations like that between the hosts. Like, how do I feel about, you know, the different things that we do? And, like, does that make you feel okay? And how do you feel about using your voice that way? Um, and really thinking about that in the layers of the podcasting and not just making a podcast, but how does this make you feel in the work that you're doing? So I think it's cool that they do that in their podcast. So for me, uh, just like Queen said, some of the ramifications are, like, curtailing my own creative content. So... I can talk like that, and sometimes I just switch into it for no, I was about to say effing reason, but like, yeah, so I don't know why I do that, um, but it comes out in the show, and then also, I'm talking about my show, Inner Ho Uprising, and it also kind of affects the space when I'm recording in the room, so I think that all three, I have three other co-hosts, they can all code switch, but I think that I can do it the best for whatever reason, and it kind of like sets, like, people will be like, I don't want to read an ad because you do it best, but am I doing it best or am I doing it the whitest? Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I want to jump in because it's, that's how 
I don't code switch. Like I, I talk like this at work. Like, um, and my day job, I'm, I'm the HR manager. Like, and I talk like this. And it's, since I don't code switch, or a cold match or whatever, um, it does make me feel that pressure. So when it comes to advertising and stuff like that, it's like maybe Jay should do it because I'm not going to sound like whatever that perfect white sound is. I'm never going to sound like that. Um, and it's not my intent to sound like that, but it's the first time that I've ever thought about what I sound like. Like I've never thought about how people take in my voice and my diction and my you know, I've never, this just, it's just what I did. I didn't think about this stuff. And now I had to like think about it in different ways. And do I, I know I don't want to code switch. Like that's not ever been anything that I've ever been taught to do, but it, I know it's going to affect my money. Okay. Side question. Do you feel like you heard your voice like in editing and that's kind of when you felt the layer of hearing your voice? Like, or when do you feel like you heard like there was a difference, like that you're like, Ooh, I don't know. I think because of the different experiences that me and my um, co-hosts have. So she comes from a space where her parents did um, kind of not pressure, but tell her that she should co-switch or that she should be respectable. And listen, my family is not like that at all. You sound like how you sound. Um, that was like never a thing. My mom, my mom's a therapist. She don't co-switch. Like this is just not something that was ever. I wasn't told that I needed that to survive. So when it came to us doing our podcast for. Her, Hearing myself was fine, but when it came to like us producing this thing together and maybe her maybe critiquing like maybe you should say this this way and this and I'm like I'm not doing that. Like I'm not doing that. Um but I will understand why for her it's like, oh you should say it like this or you know, and I'm like, I'm not that's not how I talk, so I'm not doing that. Um I'm not an actor. So I, you know, like, I'm not doing that. Um, so that's when I started thinking about it because we, I, I do work with a partner and we're both producing work. Um, so that's the first time I considered it. But um, no, nah, I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> I love the fact that you did the tongue click just now because I don't do that because I never grew up doing that. But my mom did it, which is weird. But so me and I used to have a different co-host on Inner Hall Uprising and she didn't do it either. Like she's uh-huh. from Long Island and also was like very easily like assimilating into whiteness and in how she spoke. Yeah. And then when I got three other co-hosts, all these motherfuckers, they click- all took I'll their tongue. I'll be clicking. <laughs> and and it's, it's funny because when we first started editing, Jay used to edit them out. Like edit them out and yes, I'm like, yeah. for me, I'm like, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until it's weird. It wasn't until after Black Panther when I was like, no, we click. That's what we do. Yeah. Like, we've been doing that since the continent. Yeah. Like, we do that shit that, it's in us. <laughs> that we, we start, we, yeah. um, stopped at it. Like, we take some of the, cause some of them sound wet. So it's like, y'all don't need all of that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then we, then we like, was like, we're going to leave these in. This is what we do. I used to edit mine out too. And I was like, first of all, this is tiring. <laughs> And then I was like, why am I doing that? So then I kind of stopped. And then I realized that y'all were doing it, too, when I started editing your show. And I'm like, I don't want to take this out. Mm-hmm. So, growth. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, I think that um, going back to what Queen said, like, and Sam, like, I think that you should do the commercial because you don't sound like the standard. And as long as we perpetuate the standard, then we're never, like, creating a contrast. And you're never, like, disrupting. So, yeah, do it because you don't. And... Our language, if we're talking about, oh, we're this diverse society, you know, like our language has to reflect the way that our society is going. And we know that American culture or America is an 
has always been a diverse society, you know, like, for so real? I, for real, it has? yeah, it's a, you know, you got to tell them it is a country of immigrants, forced migration, uh, slavery and all those <laughs> things. So like, you know, if our language has to reflect those things or we miss like the, yeah. the cultural connections, like we miss all of those things. And furthermore, we just perpetuate, you know, the standard. Right. So I think that you should like, yeah, record because you don't sound like it, you know, and, oh, I was going to say, Landy, can you tell us um, the difference between code switching and code meshing? Okay. So <laughs> the code switching, code meshing uh, debate goes back. But um, I think so much that we get caught up in the terminology and more so than like in the sociolinguistic scholarly world, but in the American culture, like code switching has become like derogatory, you know, to say like on and off, right? Like you turn your, you literally are turning your blackness or your authentic self, whoever, you know, what, whoever that may be, like you're turning on and off. But meshing, like most of us naturally talk, like how you were saying, like, oh, I just say it. I don't know why. Just because, you know, you naturally talk that way. So most of us are bilingual in the case that we have a lot of tongues, you know, like when I'm home in the South, my draw probably draws a whole lot more than it is now, but that's not because I'm literally switching on. That's just because, you know, it's meshing. Um, even Jamila Liska, she says, I'm trilingual, you know, um, I speak one way with my parents. I speak one way with my friends and I speak another way when I'm in the classroom. It's not because I'm switching it on and off. It's just because, you know, of all of the, the all of these experiences inform my tongue. Right. So um, that's the thing. Like, so in um, American culture, like in the larger culture, code switching has kind of taken on this derogatory thing, whereas code meshing is kind of like the natural yeah. um, forming of, you know, all of our experiences kind of coming together under our language. I just want to say that, like, I don't see code switching as a derogatory term. I know a lot of people yeah. take it in that way. But for me, especially a lot of my work is about race and how we um, kind of adapt to survive. So that shit is for survival. It's not like people were just was like, let's be white. You know, like right. you need the, you need a job, you need a whatever. So you yeah. do those things. So it's like, I, I, I don't fault people yeah. who are yeah. doing those things. Um, but it does sometimes make me feel uncomfortable. Like I... There was a um, panel that I was on, and when I was on the panel with this black man, he was using his his white voice in quotations. And then when we got off the panel, it was like yo yo yo, and I was like, what, <laughs> what the hell, the fuck? <laughs> yo, like what? Yeah, and I felt like he it was took you fast. <laughs> yeah, but I felt like he was switching for me. Like it was weird. Yeah. It was just so yeah. weird. Like now, nah, yeah. like or maybe he felt safe again. I don't I was know. Like nah, son, I don't know you. It's yeah. weird. I agree. And I think it <laughs> comes down to like, is it forced, like you said, like by these structures? Because it's not always an individual decision. Like I said, it's language is survival, right? And how we use, strategically use our language is for survival. But like you said, I think that's why we're having this podcast now, right? To talk about the structures that enforce exactly. these rules. And it does come down to whether I'm choosing to do this, um, even within the space of not really having a choice or like it's just naturally happening. So that's how I felt about the still processing clip when they had said, um, it's mad chill that we got our own show, yo. Mad chill, yo. <laughs> I just feel like a white person wrote that. And mm -hmm. I guess that kind of ties into the next couple of questions. Very Okay. Um, so the next question is, um, why is there a disconnect in podcasts? Like in Black Sense and TV, film. Um, like Black Sense, you see them in like TV, film, music more, but not necessarily podcasts that you can find anywhere that are easily promoting that sort of thing. 
And let's see. I'll start. You sw- I do with Sam, and she brushes it off to somebody that. else. I feel like. <laughs> I think that's it. Well, <laughs> sorry, I keep pushing it to you. What's just happening? But you had said something really good about um, the fact that podcast stems from radio and why radio traditions are passing into podcasts. Okay, so um, I'm going to talk about that broadcast voice. Um, so I don't know. Some white man decided that we're supposed to sound like mid-Atlantic people when we talk on the radio, TV, whatever, whatever. I don't know this white man's name because I don't remember white people's names, right? So they decided that that was like the voice that we were going to use, which is like, why? Um, so a lot of radio sounds like that. Um, and a lot of people think that that's something they can trust. They think that your information is factual if you sound like that. Um, my podcast, I talk about race, gender, politics. Like my sh- People, if you're in here and you listen to my podcast, I go in on shit. But I know because of how I talk and the way that I talk that it might not be taken that seriously or um, they might not... A lot of times people are just so amazed about how much I know because of the way I talk. Um, and it's it's... It's it's ridiculous um, to assume that a person using AAVE or a person who does not sound like a mid-Atlantic accent or a British accent, because people trust British accents for some reason. <laughs> like, the British went around this world raping everybody, but you trust the accents. That's strange, but okay. Um, <laughs> True. That's, that's weird. Strange. But you, you trust that shit. But when, it, when you hear me speak of people who, who sound like me, you think it's, we're stupid, we're uneducated, we don't know the things, like... And that's not the case. Um, so I think that if we break away from that, um, and that just means like kind of like retraining society, which is like mad work, and I'm not going to be alive when this shit happens because, like, you know, <laughs> but it's 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 a lot. It's it's jarring. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just going to make the point that like. Um Besides that, like we, you know, we're not sitting here trying to like essentialize blackness, right? Like AAVE, you know, has West African roots, right? So we can trace these things, but we're not by far saying that all black people sound alike, nor should they should, right? None so, of us sound alike here. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's about like being authentically who you are, right? And so... um I think that this conversation about why I think Queen's spot on with like this continuation of radio, which podcast culture is supposed to not be right. Um, But it's simple, but it's like so complex that we don't even have the time to answer. Like, cause simply right. That like language is, it's just continuation of all the other systems. Right. But at the same time, it's also more complex. The disconnect is basically that it's white men producing this stuff. Yeah. And that's just it. They don't care to um, actually change their mindsets. They only want to hear what they want to hear. So if I'm speaking or any, even if you don't hear me, if you see me, my podcast is supposed to just be about black stuff or my podcast must like, I could, I could literally have a podcast that's about like knitting and it's like, Oh, so you're about black knitting. And it's like, (laughs) no, (laughs) It's about knitting. (laughs) I can just like interject. One thing I noticed is like I used to play a game and I still do sometimes. Like when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm like, is this produced by all white people? Like, and you know, I had to learn that people like 
were getting scripts. I didn't like, it took a long time for me to understand that, like to see the background and I got to see a bigger podcast being made. And I'm like, Oh, so you all are all in a room and it's a bunch of white people writing a script for a black podcast is about to come out. And then we always wonder why it sounds a little bit like this, but maybe, you know, like, Use and so, language, like, <laughs> using language that we don't like, no one says for shizzle anymore. Stop, 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 stop doing that. Can I tell? We don't, a, we don't say that. Can I tell a personal story? So, I was producing a podcast at a company that I used to work for, and it was totally about blackness. It was about black, uh, black intersectional feminism and science. And one, it was hard producing the show because I was the only person there who understood the concepts that needed to be discussed. And I'm producing an entire narrative podcast. So I'm doing it by myself. So when there's like white people around, if they can't help, then you're tired and the show's going to fail. And if they can help, then it's going to be something that's not your original vision, right? So this guy is a good guy, but <laughs> there's like a part in, we were trying to produce the trailer and there's a part in the trailer where it's like, like, wait, what? Like, that kind of moment? And he was like, yeah, can you just say skirt, like how Jay-Z says skirt in that new video with Beyonce and Jay-Z? <laughs> so he was talking about ape shit, but that's not even Jay-Z saying that. So I'm like, Jay-Z doesn't even say that. And he's like, no, that's definitely Jay-Z. It's offset. Yeah, it was like, not Jay-Z. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm also not saying it. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, don't do that. Stop asking us to say stuff, y'all. I think that goes to, um, that's a good segue to your point about like language being a performance that you were talking about. Like you were saying earlier, it's not the outfit. Say it. Like you were saying, it's it's an accessory, right? It's not. Sometimes I'm slow, sorry. Um, But yeah, like people use black sense as the accessory and it's it's not the outfit. And it's like, we know that we the outfit though, you know, and it's like, that's how it should be used, especially like if you're creating content with a black host, I feel you need to have more black people in the room. Um, you just have to like you just you just have to. But right. y'all don't. Um, I'm, that, that accessory comment is exactly why there's white girls on Twitter like woo Chile because you don't yeah. it's taking up the seasonings, but you don't know the full recipe. <laughs> Everybody uses by Felicia for all kind of stuff that really doesn't want to be like Felicia. Felicia was they need to say by Felicity because y'all don't even know Felicia. All right, yeah, yeah, no, I just wanted, I thought that was a good segue to talking about that. Yeah, so, um, any other opinions on why black sense show up in TV? Like, you can watch MSNBC and see, like, not the host, right? The The accessory on. <laughs> right. To talk yeah. about different things, yeah. but it so like yeah, I'm sorry. Like we'll be pundits, we'll be the talking head, we'll be that person to like change the course of the conversation for the show for ratings. But we won't be the host of that show. We won't be the host on if we are a host on like a CNN show or a MSNBC show. And it's usually about blackness. Like you can't just be this black face, talk the way you are and tell a story, which is a problem. But I can be there to be an Angela Rye and do all of this shit and do the snake and all of that. But like, I can't host the show, you know, it's, we're we're an accessory and it's ridiculous, you know? Right. And she's even, to go back to Angela Rye, she's mentioned before, and I don't want to quote her because I don't remember the exact quote, but she's mentioned how people are always like, oh, run for office. And she's like, I'm, they would, no one would ever elect me because I'm not polished. You know, like she is like alluded to that, um, plenty of times before. And now she has a podcast, but not a show. So, yeah. (laughs) More of a thing. Um, and it almost feeds into how people treat Kamala and like how they say when she does black things, she's like, you know, trying right, to be right, something right. else or and like, you know, yeah. she's trying to play mm-hmm. into something. Um, okay. So next question would be, what are the benefits of funding podcasts that represent, um, different voices? 
Um, so there's like two kind of benefits, right? So obviously I care about it as it pertains to black people first, because I'm trying to bring out my community, but also I think it benefits everybody in the entire country. Um, so I have like two examples that I've seen in the news recently. So, um, the first one is, so BBC has like an offset called BBC Pigeon English. And basically, I don't know, Landy, if you want to explain what Pigeon English is first, do you know? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we should have talked about that beforehand. But basically, it's like a amalgamation of different kinds of languages and stuff like that. So in West Africa, that's what a whole bunch of... Yeah, it's like Patois. We got to say um, like the equivalent or not, yeah. non-equivalent, but it would be seen in the same way as like yeah. Jamaican So Patois. people in one region will speak Pidgin English so that right. they can talk to each other or whatever. Um, so it kind of looks like what people will call broken English, and BBC has that on their website, like the title will be in something that looks like broken English for everybody to read because those people need to access information just like everybody else needs to access information. So African-American vernacular English is like literally a language. Like there are codes and rules that you follow. And then also people might feel more safe engaging in that kind of content. So if there's a show about, I don't know, the genetics of black people, I produce a show like that. That's why I'm plugging it right now. (laughs) If there's a show about that and people want to engage in the content, they want to hear it and need to hear it from someone who sounds like them. So that's one of the benefits, right? But then how listening to black people benefits everybody in the country. So I saw... Um, an article in the Times recently that was like court stenographers it might have been specifically in Philadelphia but it might have been for overall like court stenographers like the people who take notes in court get black dialects wrong so they're actually taking wrong notes in a legal process so they have no idea what the hell we're talking about because they never listen to us actually speak. So if we want to understand everybody in this country, we need to work to understand everybody in this country. And we could do it by having like a 50-minute podcast in your ear. Um, I also think that, um, I'm going to throw it back home, uh, that we kind of have to start at home because we had this conversation the other day that like just how black people in general, we have to do better with um, actually reclaiming our language, you know, <laughs> like we have reclaimed our time, right? Um, so like just how, uh, Queen was talking about earlier and she, you know, didn't grow up like that in house. I did. Um, and so it's been refreshing to just be like, okay, I'm me, right? But, um, I was saying that, uh, like, Black scholars have been doing this forever. And I think that, um, to take it there, <laughs> that like that is, is a good example. It doesn't mean that they haven't, um, faced like controversy. Like student rights here on language was passed in the eighties and they're still defending it to this day because like people want to say that like AAVE, how do I assess students writing? How do I, but it, there are rules and there are linguistic codes and all of these things to, um, but I think to take it home, like, Carter G. Wilson said, we have been miseducated through systems that teach us that if you talk a certain way that you're intellectually deficient, right? Or that you'll never get, you know, and these systems have been designed to keep it there, right? So I think that we, as a community first, that it's important that we start by reclaiming our own language um, and not marginalizing and playing into respectability politics um, there. So I think that's an important step first of re-educating and reclaiming for ourselves. And then obviously that's important um, so that we can feel comfortable recording the sh- uh, the, the the ad, right? Because we know, right? And then extending that um, other places. And because like we said, we are a ever-evolving diverse society. So 
you know, in order to communicate and understand each other and not devalue people because we know that's a material reality that turns into violence, um, right? And so, yeah. I just kind of want to talk. We live in a capitalistic world, um, and I'm not into capitalism, but it just is what it is. So I'm just going to talk to the money. You will save so much money. Like, there's so many companies that fuck up because they don't have the right people in the room. And if you think about the amount of money that you will save because you get it right, because you have people of color in the room or people of whatever demographic who are actually of whatever audience you're trying to reach, that would save you so much money just to hire a motherfucker. Like... (laughs) Just hire somebody. It makes no sense where companies make these dumb mistakes because it was all white people in a room. And it's like, you would have saved thousands to millions of dollars if you just diversified your fucking company. Like, yeah. and include it, because diversity, you know, whatever. That just means, <laughs> it just means I'm in the room. But just hire people. Like, that is like the easy way to just start. Because we could be like, nah, that's, you need to, you know. We know the things that are going to fuck up shit. We know the things that are going to trigger things in other marginalized groups um, because we are of that marginalized group. So, like, I don't understand. Like, every time, uh, and I'm just thinking in a broad sense, not even just podcasting, but every time one of these companies makes some kind of racial mistake, and I'm just like, all you had to do was hire a black bitch, and that would have happened. But two black bitches, though, because the one black bitch be tired from being in the room with the white people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Exactly. Hire yeah. four, four, four right. or five. Okay. And right, that would save right. you. That would save you so much money. Like I don't. I just. And stop apologizing. Yeah. Or like, apologizing. like if you really like if you really care about securing the bag, then you will hire people that are not white to be in these spaces. Not white, able-bodied, straight, whatever to be in these spaces and they will do that work so that I would save you money later. Like, I just don't get how people don't get that. Yes. Like, secure it. Don't just get it. Keep it for a long time. When they only hire two, you can always tell because those are the people they always send to the conference or something or like to speak for the conference. That's what they send send to the conference. You see those same two people and you're like, oh, I know those people. (laughs) And 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 also, yes, thank you for saying that. And it, it doesn't have to be the exceptional black. It doesn't have to be the black person who went to Yale and did, like, I went to a CUNY school, like, I talk like this, but I have information that is valuable, but because I'm not an exceptional black and I don't look clean cut, whatever, on paper, you'll prefer the other person because that person might make you feel a little bit comfortable, but guess what? The bitch like me is going to secure the bag and make you not make those mistakes. Like, it just is what it is. Okay, so um, I'll go to the last question. Um, and this would be, of course, everybody wants to know what actions <laughs> can you take? So what would be your next steps or what would you recommend um, for people to do for Blacksons to be spread? I feel like Queen really summed it up just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely one. <laughs> hire us or if you're not hiring us at or maybe we don't want to work for your company, like actually put money and resources into shows that are not just yeah. like this NPR ass boring ass voice. Right. Um, and I think um, going back to my other point, like 
in the words of Audre Lorde, the master's tools will never dismantle the mantle's house. So I think that we also have to create our own houses um, so that we can open our own doors um, and go from there as well. Like, and through our houses and through our doors, you know, maybe we can help some other people get their house in order, you know, but I also think that we have to use our collective power to, uh, yeah, because those tools are only going, you know, change a little bit. And like you said, you know, we are powerful, but we ain't dismantling in the whole system yeah. in our lifetime, you know, but I, that like, that's my action point. So I know that's a little broad, but we all, this is a room full of people and you don't have to be black to help build a black house, you know, like that's, you know, so I think that that's, that's what I would like to see. I just kind of want to add on to what you said, cause like I'm a podcast and my podcast is an independent podcast and it, it makes me angry a lot of times when I see these podcasts either apps, companies, whatever, doing these fucking boot camps or initiatives to give, to get to, to get black podcasters when there's already a lot of us out here already doing it. And you are not doing the work to fucking look for who's already doing the work. You rather, um, get someone who is new and, and green and so you can take advantage of them. Um, and that this is, you're not actually, you don't really want to diversify whatever you're doing with your pot. Like, just be honest. You just want it to be a white boys club. Like, be honest about that shit. And if you actually do want to diversify your space, your podcasting space, there are thousands of black podcasters who are already doing this work. Funnel that money to them. Get to them. They, they've already built a following, built their audience. This is stuff that you it don't even amazing. have to work into whatever you do to develop that podcast. People are already doing this stuff, but you're, you don't want to look outside of whatever you think is the standard as to what a podcast is. So open your eyes, open your ears, and actually do real work if this is what you really want to do. So I'm going to give my advice, and it's always going to be to share a podcast. <laughs> One thing is going to be that, like, whether you, like, I met someone yesterday that was black, and all the podcasts that person listened to were white, and I was just like, cool. <laughs> and then, like, they were talking about, like, they wanted to start a podcast, and I was like, so you as a black person are about to start a podcast, and then that's what people come to me, they'll do that. And then they're like oh, so where are the listeners that are going to listen to me? Like, now that I figured this out, like, you know, how do I do this? And it's like, well, if everybody could just add a black podcast into, like, what podcast do you listen to? What podcast do you know about? Like, it just puts something on it. I'm like, I mentioned the Daily. I don't listen to the Daily. I don't need to listen to white men every day. There's no way I'm ever going to listen to white men every day. It's not in my plans. But, like, you know, I can tell people that might be where they can get their half an hour information. Like, I recommend podcasts all the time that I haven't listened to because I know about a lot of podcasts. And I'm like, it might not be for me, but I want you to find a podcast for you. So I don't have to recommend my favorite podcast. You're going to tell me you like knitting and I'm going to tell you about different knitting podcasts. You know, you're going to tell me, you know, you want to hear some people from the Bronx and I'm going to give you some different people I've heard of from the Bronx and like, let's do some men, some women, let's, you know, get all over it. But I'm just like, the thing is like, I'm always recommending a lot of people like they're like, we're the lesbian podcast and things like that. I'm like, I search out these things and it's not because it's for me. It's because I know someone else is searching for it. Or if I've heard about it, like look for it. Not to cut you up, but the fact that you're able to do that, like you're looking, these people aren't looking like this is one, this is a business of one person and she can recommend so many black podcasts, so many marginalized podcasts to people. This is one bad bitch y'all are whole companies who are not doing this work and like you sh- like they should be ashamed like this is one person this is 
I can see her it's as one lazy. person. It's lazy. <laughs> it's just like. So I would just say, just anything you're listening to, to always making sure you're re- like putting a PLC podcast and looking for a PLC podcast you can include. Like if I listen to these, you know, all these on Gimlet or whatever, and then I'm still going to include another podcast that, you know, has a person of color or something to kind of expand the range of what's out there and what can be seen. Because all the curation pages don't show it, which irritates me, but I do put the pressure on them um, to do more. And that's what I try to do in the industry. <laughs> Um, I don't remember what the question was, <laughs> but uh, I feel. Oh, okay, yeah, I actually answered right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but then we had we had a sub question. <laughs> Do you want to ask the sub question? Okay. <laughs> so the sub question was, um, if we were to have our own like podcast with money into it, where people are speaking speaking their authentic selves, what would it be? All right. So spoiler alert: they both said that they couldn't think of anything. I did now. <laughs> did oh, you? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> also, I, I'm going to say at first why I couldn't think of anything. Yeah. It's because it just seems so far removed for me. It seems as if that's not what the, the world wants for me. So I was like, what would that podcast sound like? Um, and if, am I even allowed? And, you know, like that was my first thought. Um, but then I was like, fuck that shit. So, I want to hear. I want to hear a podcast that is about the evolution of black hair, um, and what that's been as far as it being political, as far as it being something we're proud of, as part as it being something that we've been ashamed of. Just that whole process of black women in our hair, um, how we've relaxed it to assimilate, or how we've what afros to say you know fuck these pigs and like all of that kind of stuff um so i would like to hear a highly produced podcast about that process of black hair in america um so that's what i want i would so listen to that (laughs) same um i think that um i would kind of go along uh similar to like what the Brittany coopers of the world have done but i'm so thankful to be on this um panel because I don't ever want to be like closed into my little academic box or whatever, you know. And so I think that my podcast would definitely combine like academia and pop culture because, you know, like I said, black scholars have been talking about AAVE and language as um, and re- AAVE and language as rhetorical tools and weapons um, that black people have used, you know, even before coming to this country. Um, so I think that like it's important that we don't. Because you can't stay in your little classroom and think that you're changing the world, right? Um, but I think that it's also important to bridge those spaces. So I think that, yeah, if I had a podcast, it would, you know, reach it to, um, to make a uh, black scholars more accessible. Um, and as well as to see how this is just not some high art and it does actually relate to the mater- your material life. You should host that, Landy. <laughs> um, you should produce that, Sam. Ooh, okay. Make and you should be a guest host <laughs> to talk about Black Hair Queen. <laughs> I wanted to use this question to um, plug a show that already exists and can exist with um, like barriers being broken down, like access to resources shmoney. and stuff like that. Yeah, shmoney. Um But I also want to preface, so this is um, a clip from the show that I co-produced with Jeanine and Jeff over there. Um, it's called In Those Genes, and it's a show that uses um, genetics to uncover the lost identities of black people in the African diaspora because, you know, our history was cut off because of something called the transatlantic slave trade. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... Something that ties. It was just a slight intermission. <laughs> <laughs> a little gap. Um, but 
something to preface this clip with is that like we had played, so we did a whole pilot and we played this pilot for um, like 150 people. Um, and some of the people specifically had said that the show was too black and like, is this going to, this is about us, this is about black people, but this show is too black and are white people going to be able to connect with it? Yes. It's not for. <laughs> it's like we don't have a whole audience. Like there's right. not a whole thing. But also, like, why do they, why do they say things like Wu Chile and stuff like that? They already engage with our culture, so we can't do a show about it, not because you don't want to give us money for it. Can you cue uh, clip five, please? Tell so them genetically, <laughs> being black is not dependent on if you can successfully renege in a space game. Man, you shot it! Man, that nigga renege! Or if you know all the words to International Players Anthem, Nuck If You Buck, or SWV's Week. Genetically, being black is having an admixed genome. Bitch, what? Bitch, what? Yes, admixed genome. What the fuck is that? Let me break that down. Before I can even tell you what a genome is, I have to tell you what a gene is. And genes are essentially what make us us. So everybody has the same genes. As much as we try to think one person has a gene for this and the other person has a gene for that, we all have the same 25,000 genes. Yeah, so that's the show that I like. I like it. I like it. Thanks, guys. Um, and I'm going to give my recommendation. I would love something on the creativeness of black people, like on things that they've taught themselves or like, you know, other things in their family. Like I know like my grandmother taught herself sewing and then she would teach us sewing and stuff like that. Or like things that like out of nobody's going to do this for me and I had to learn it. <laughs> like I remember one time my aunt telling me and she was like, I wasn't a morning person. And I know my daughter was never going to be a morning person. So I had to become a morning person. Like, you know, like things you have to change about yourself to say, I have to be a better person so I would love it on like the creativeness or like things people have had to change um, or teach themselves um, outside of what they normally do or their job because I feel like if you say a creative it's always somebody in a business or an entrepreneur or something like that and I feel like we're so much bigger than that like when you get into people that have taught themselves how to do their own hair like yeah, I taught myself how to po- like, oh, I taught myself how to podcast like I have no background <laughs> in this how many of us, you know? Like, editing, no like software, promoting, like, like I, I edit my podcast. I don't, I, I learned how to edit my podcast from YouTube. Like, you know, like, yeah. So, something like that. I think it's kind of cool, like, the things that people will figure out. Like, I went to this class, or, you know, I was on YouTube, where I went down this hole on Twitter. So, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to open this up to questions. Um, if anyone has a question in the mic, um, you can ask us. Guys, y'all did amazing. Loved it. Thank, Ooh, I have a warning voice. Um, so I had a couple of questions, but y'all answered a lot of them. But I'm gonna go down to the ones you didn't. So, in terms of like one of the things I'm really passionate about, particularly with my show, is that I want it to be a very community based show, and I want to reach audiences that have never been reached before. Because a lot of the people I found in the podcasting space, like the you know the still processing folks, we're all exposed to podcasts and. It, Although we may not realize it, it's a very privileged thing, even as a person of color. So how do we use Black Sense to kind of break down that barrier and start reaching larger audience that may still be in like the live 
radio broadcasting space? How do we introduce, you know, our community who doesn't know anything about podcasts? And they just like, my parents, they're just like, oh, she does a podcast. They haven't even listened to the one that they're on. So like, how do we like break that down and get them a part of this community as well? I can say like, I've been really brainstorming that lately. And one thing I'm I'm thinking about doing it, but it's more free work. <laughs> is somebody like pay Barry? An initiative of like that we can work together on talking about like what is a podcast? Like what if you opened your podcast or you put it in there like little clips? Like what is a podcast? I find a lot of people aren't thinking about like local marketing, like where you see band pictures and stuff like that for plays coming up. You could still have a podcast poster there saying what a podcast is about and how to get to the podcast. Um, like Starbucks lets you put up free things. Um, so live they're really big on like you know people looking for different things so I feel like it's going to be looking outside the box of where people are regularly regularly market themselves and thinking like how could I like change that to podcast marketing or like what is the one line I could like try to say and that's what my mom can repeat to somebody else and they would understand it so you know it's like what can I say and it's like I have a podcast about podcasts and you can find it here well my can I get my mom to just like repeat that statement or like what's the one liner that I know that she'll say and she'll be like, and they'll be able to call me and be like, so your mom said you had a podcast and how do I find it? She knows how to say all kind of stuff. I don't know what she'd be saying to people. But like, I'm like, I know that it's a podcast and I don't know what else she was doing. So what I'm working on is like the language of how to get somebody to repeat something and make it easy to explain. And also... I talk to a lot of people. I recommend podcasts usually that are half an hour to 45 minutes, not unless people are looking to a certain subject. But I want to get you hooked so you'll do a longer podcast. And a lot of people will see like an hour, an hour and a half, like, do I have that much time? And, you know, not thinking you can just listen to a half an hour. It's okay. Like they have to do the whole thing. So I usually just try to find a subject matter or something short. And it's like if I can get them on that one or even if they can see the information being shared, um, they're open to saying like, oh, there's something else for me probably in this space or that I might like more and how do I find that? So kind of just putting that thing there so they'll be like, ooh, I'm interested in that to go further. So that's what I'm just kind of thinking about and ways to like spread the message because there is a bigger message and we are out there, but it's like, how do we all reach each other? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think that we should, like I was thinking of like maybe like having videos of teaching people how to find a podcast. Like mom, I've been doing my podcast for five years. My mom never listened to my podcast until I had a live show that she could come sit in the audience. So you're saying you'd be willing to do this? Huh? You're saying you'd be willing to do this? If someone paid me. You know, like, I just don't, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the resources. Like, I'm going to be for real. But like, we say podcasting is accessible, but how accessible is it if we aren't showing people how to use it? Like, my mom is in her 60s. She's not that, yes, the podcast app is on her phone, like the Apple Pod. But but she's, it's just, you know? We need somebody that looks like us doing it because most people associate it with whiteness. So, like, I feel like yeah. we need the facial. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, like, if if I think that's the way to have me in a video because I just like people looking at me, um, showing people how to look at podcasts and making it showing how it, it's actually really easy. But if you've never done it before, you don't you don't know. Like that whole adding an app to a phone. I am one of the people that I barely ever have any room on my phone. So when you talk about adding an app and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, well, oh, oh, wait. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So, you know, like, it's just kind of getting over those humps to say, like, you don't have to use a lot of room. You know, downloading versus streaming, if that's a thing for you, because I didn't always have a lot of data and things like that. Or even, like, even if you don't even, you could think outside of the phone. So, like, people can add the app to their car. They don't have to add it in the phone. There's, like, there's other ways that you can ask, access um, podcast like I made my mother add 
it in her car because for her, just like my phone, like that's not what I use this for. <laughs> so like, I think think of the different ways that you can one access podcasts and then actually like somehow, some way, like creating these little um, ten second tutorials about how easy it is to, and you have to say it like it's, you have to present it like this is easy. Um, and I was gonna say in audiograms that I do, um, like in TVQ and J post audiograms, I usually in my audiograms put a like thing up that's at least for 10 seconds on other apps you can find, like other iOS apps, other Android apps. Um, you know, so if somebody finds it and they're talking to their friend with Android phone, they can say, oh, you can look here and find, you know, other things. Cause usually most people are like, I know my device, I can't know your device too. So I've, become a professional on like different types of apps and different types of phones so that I can make it easier and have that conversation. So it's just like, nope, this is one click. This is two clicks. You know, you can do it. So those kind of things, kind of encouraging. First and foremost, phenomenal panel, y'all. This has been such a great discussion. This is probably more specific for a queen because like I talk back to the podcast when I'm listening to it. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with um, Tea with Queen and Jay, they do kind of a subpar of their podcast of reviews, and they did one of She's Gotta Have It. Yeah. And so, Queen, can you go through what you were explaining about how you didn't necessarily agree with how the slang from a person that was in New York, how the actors we're using their black sense because I know that you had some opinions about it and yeah. I just wanted you, I thought that would be appropriate to kind of discuss uh-huh. in this panel yeah. and before she answers that, if you guys are not following Pods and Color hashtag, please follow it on Instagram. Like any and everything that you want is in that hashtag. I like, now Instagram allows you to follow a hashtag. Just hit follow and it comes up on your feed and you're going to get so much information. I have a podcast myself. It's the Little Miss Entertainment Show. All of them have been very supportive. We all support one another. And I'm just so proud. I do, but I do want you to answer my question. I just wanted to say that y'all Thank are you. doing it. Um, um, so I just want to preface this by saying that I hate it. She's got to have it. I really hated it. Um, but it just sh- also goes to show how even black people can get it wrong. Um, we all speak, like, just this panel alone, like, we are both from New York, and her and I sound very different because of the different places of New York that we are from, you know? So it's like, you can't do a show that's based in New York and have black sense that just don't relate to that space. It just doesn't make sense. Like, if, if, if you do a show in Philly and these people don't sound like they're from Philly, like, it's, it's a problem. So it's like, it's we <laughs> take the time to know the population to which you are, like, creating the context, the content for. Um, that's, like, important. But it really pissed me off for them to be in New York and not sound like a girl from Brooklyn. Like, weird, like, it was just, it was just strange, especially since it was, you know, made by New Yorkers. Um, <laughs> so it just made it like really weird for me, but I think it's important for people to know that the colorfulness that is black language is real. And like, even we get that shit wrong, you know? Um, but it's worth the risk. Like, I'm, I'm still happy that, th- well, I don't know how happy I am they did it, because like I said, I hated the show. But at, at least it was there. At least it was there so that I could critique it and maybe they could do better, you know? So, yeah. 
I thought you was going to answer that. So in the beginning, it almost felt like when you were saying you didn't want to do um, the intro, like that was almost like a compromise because I feel like I have to sound like this and I don't want to do it anymore because I don't want to sound like that. Yeah. Because I know y'all, we would never do that kind of compromise when it comes to the content that we bring. Like we know our audience, and we want to say, we want to say, we 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 know what we want to talk about. Y'all even have a segment called "News Is Not News" because other people are not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's almost like a compromise that you don't have to make? Because I feel like sometimes I I, I feel like I want to sound a different way because it'll be more professional. You get more ads, but then. I'm, I'm less compromising with my content. How do you reconcile that kind of compromise and make it okay? Because I would want to hear an ad from your voice. So why say no? Um, I think for right now I'm saying no because it has to be about me being comfortable with what I do. Um, so for right now, I'm a little more conscious about how people perceive how I sound. But I've never thought about how people perceive the way I sound because like, I really didn't care. Um, but now that my voice, in a way, is being sold, it, it's, it's something different now. So as I have to get to a point where I am comfortable. I don't ever want to do something that I'm not comfortable for yet. And right now, it does make me uncomfortable to have my, my speech, my dialect, whatever, critiqued in that way. And to say, not that anyone said this, but this is something that I've created in my head because I know the world is like that not being marketable. You know, the way I sound, not being marketable and not being a way for me to, you know, get money. So until I'm comfortable with that, because, like, if you listen to my podcast, I talk about a lot of, like, real shit that makes people hugely uncomfortable. And I live to make people uncomfortable. Like, that means that you're learning. Um, But I also have to think about my comfort and what I am willing to share, willing to change, and stuff like that. So that's what that is for me. Like, it's, it's literally a queen thing. It's not even about the show. It's like, I have to get to a comfort level. And then I'm like, my personality is strange. Like, I'm a Virgo. Like, I'm very all or nothing. So if it's not going to be all me, then fuck that. I ain't going to do it. Like, so. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like that, yeah. We're technically out of time. <laughs> Janina, just ask it. Everybody go to Tea with Queen and Jay's live show. That's where we're all going. Oh, yeah, going. I have a yeah, live yeah, show. Yeah, going. Yeah. Thank you all for coming out. And, of course, you can find us all over. JW Marriott. Yeah, come to my live show, like, right after this, the podcast room. Starts at 1230. Okay. Oh, and I have stickers with this on it. If you want one, I'll be around for a few minutes. And we're doing a black podcast meetup later today, too, at Leech's Cantina. You can bring non-South by Southwest badge people. Yeah, today's the day. Today's the fuck.